This is one of those times that I think everyone is playing it safe. This is probably the most conservative list I have ever seen. You're going to want to hit that subscribe button. We're here every week talking about the most trending comic books in the world. At the list at number 10, we have Batman, Sword of Asriel, issue number one. This came out in 1992, seeing $10 average sales, $100, $115 for a CGC 9.8 on a book that you can find not only in like $5 bins in high grade. If you're hunting collections, this is the kind of book that you would see multiple copies of. So you 90s kids will remember that Asriel's the guy that took over from Batman after the whole Nightfall series when Bane broke Batman's back. This is his first appearance, and we're seeing a 360% increase in copies sold this week. That's probably because in this week's issue of Detective Comics, issue 1076, which is like 15 or so issues into the current run by Rom V, we do see uh, the return of Azrael in a very cool uh, one-page splash page. Basically, the short version is Batman has been like kidnapped by a cult of weird uh, family members. They're trying to hang him. They're threatening to hang Batman. So Batman is like locked up in a prison cell ready to uh, get executed. And so Azrael has taken it upon himself again to step in and fill the void left by Batman's absence. Are you reading Detective Comics right now? They're doing a bi-weekly release focusing in on the saving of Batman, setting up Azrael clearly for the future. And also, this is a character I can totally see on the big screen, considering he's much more realistic, especially when he dons that cowl. Nostalgia is strong for this book, and you're going to notice it's strong for this list. It's going to be the 30th anniversary of Bane breaking Batman's back next year, so it only makes sense that we're going to see a little bit more action in characters like this. I'm begging you, please. You have to hit the like button. You have to. <laughs> Just please. You're going to make him cry. God. Look at this. Come on. Nobody wants to see that. You got to hit the like button. Please. No, we're done. Stop crying. We're moving on. We're moving on. Number nine on the list. Number nine on the list, Tom. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, issue number 22. All right. It's all about Energon Universe because this right here is the first appearance of Duke, and we're seeing $20 average sales, $5.57 for a CGC 9.8. And that was a My Comic Shop auction, by the way. So this book is up 300% in copies sold. We know Duke is coming out courtesy of Joshua Williamson. And I was present at the New York City Comic Con panel. Him describing the tone of this G.I. Joe story got me more excited post-panel about this book than Transformers. Real talk. We do have Duke on deck. That book is coming out on December 27th. That's the, going to be a five-issue miniseries, and it does sound like it will be exciting, especially to uh, G.I. Joe rookies like myself who aren't very familiar with the character. Duke is basically a military commanding officer who encounters aliens on the planet, Transformers. And obviously that is going to mess with somebody's psyche in a pretty interesting way. I'm actually excited to see how this story develops over the course of five issues and what the uh, other upcoming miniseries are in the Energon universe after this. We did our first discount code on ComicTom101.store. It applies to everything besides the mystery mail call and original art, but you get 10% off of any order of $50 or more from now until the end of Sunday. And we have two different variants that we dropped today. Spider-Gwen Annual number one, Raf Grissetti Virgin Foil as well as Venom 25, Raf Grissetti Virgin Foil. We priced those both at 20 bucks. Link in the description. Support what we do and hit them with number eight. Number eight on the list, a hot indie book that may be flying under everyone's radar, but not after this video. Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees Number One. Two weeks old from IDW, and this book is selling $12 average sales. We are seeing high sales of $35 raw. There are multiple really cool variants, a ratio variant and a New York Comic Con foil variant. 
But Key Collector did put a bit of a word of caution about this book. That's why I got to use that code TOM101 on the best comic app in existence because not only are you going to be updated on all news as it pertains to comic books, you're also going to be hit with warnings, words of caution in the event that you may be buying at the wrong time. Proceed with caution when paying over cover price for this issue. It is unclear if there is any legitimate demand related to the low supply or if sellers are holding back on inventory. Check the shelves at your local comic shop. What a great recommendation. It is a good recommendation to be careful because a lot of comic shop owners don't necessarily put out everything that they have inventory-wise. It's still a 267% increase in copies sold, and there's going to be a second print of issue number one with a Patton Oswalt quote on the cover. I think this is definitely one to watch. Tom likes to give me a lot of credit for picking good spec books, but this one went completely under my radar. It's about a bunch of cute animals who live in a town full of cute animals doing normal human things, except one of those cute animals is a uh, low-key serial killer. It's kind of reminiscent of the show Dexter. Got a little bit of a stray dogs vibe in the mix, you know, as it pertains to the cuteness. The real question is, comic fam, will it have the legs of a, say, Great Dane, or will it snuff like a pug? Shout out Tony Fleece. Now let's talk about one of the most homaged, respected, and wanted covers that's selling at one of the most affordable prices in years. Courtesy of Todd McFarlane. At the list at number seven, Incredible Hulk, issue number 340. This came out in 1988, and we have $215 average sales, 9.8s hitting 12.95. The newsstand is always going to be tough because of that low census count. That's selling for 4K, and that happened just this past August. So the record high of this book is $2,400 back in May of 2021, and we still have 121% increase in copies sold. I think half price is great to get in on this perpetually relevant book. Could it be Deadpool spec? Maybe, but also there's 43 new 9.8s that have been added to the census since August. That supply is up and people always want this comic book. Another relatively new book this week, this one coming out just a couple months ago. Number six on the list, Amazing Spider-Man number 31. This was legacy number 925, and with those legacy numbers, cover price is $9.99. So when we report a $10 average sale, keep in mind that is still cover price. We are even seeing 9.8s a high for $50, but they've gone for lower than that. We're seeing a 145% increase in copies sold on the first appearance of Mary Jane as Jackpot. We have a one-shot coming soon. Marvel clearly has intentions to utilize this newer version of Mary Jane as a superhero. And the temperature of the room as it pertains to this list is what feels like a safe bet is worth specking on right now. You know, this is still a strong selling comic book. $10 on a $10 book when typically we're seeing 50% drops for books that you can just pull off the shelves. Seems like a good buy to me. Yeah, every time I go into a comic shop, those $10 square-bound anniversary comics, they don't hold value in this way, at least. It's rare to see something go for cover price this far after it was released. Like Tom said, there does seem to be a lot of safe bets on the list. This one is pretty safe, especially when you consider that the Spider-Man comics do seem to be refocusing on Mary Jane as Jackpot after kind of introducing her in this issue and letting her chill for a little bit. We really haven't seen a whole lot of jackpot action since then. Very similar to like what's happened with Hollow's Eve, another character that's being heavily specced on, but not seeing crazy pricing, more just, hey, I want to have it just in case, and if it doesn't pan out, I'll probably hold it because eventually it'll probably circle back. The second prints of this book actually have her on the cover, so I know there's demand there, but realistically, don't pay 50 bucks for a 9.8, get a raw copy, and even then... 
I don't know if people are going to want to spend 30 to 40 bucks to mail it off, mail it back, get it shipped. This might be the type of thing to buy raw and just hold and see what the market does. Here's another book that seems like a very safe bet, which is why it's spiking this week at the list at number five, Wolverine number 36. This just came out a few months ago. We have the first appearance of Helverine, and this book is hitting $12 average sales. Nine eights are performing way better, selling for $170, and I don't think you should buy this book for that much right now. You got to be a little bit patient. I could be wrong. I want to know your thoughts in the comment section below. As with the comment about being conservative earlier, this is one of those books that is really low risk. Even at a $12 average sales, we're seeing 126% increase in copies sold. I believe the 9.8 prices are going to continue to go down as more people get them graded. But really, if you got Wolverine and Ghost Rider, come on, guys. This is just such a cool comic. Even the second prints have been flying off the shelves. For a new book hitting near $200, although it's coming down, is still a really big deal for key comic books and the overall consensus of the community as it pertains to speculation. But there's only 50 copies that were registered on the CGC census at the time of this filming. In coming weeks, it could be as short as one or two. We may see an increase of 25 to like 50% in availability. I think this book's going to drop below 100 bucks. You may want to wait, and I want to know your thoughts in the comment section below. We're all the way at number four, and we're going to take you all the way back to the year 2023. Wait, that's this year. <laughs> this is like the third character on this list who debuted this year. And number four, we're talking about Spider-Boy, his first appearance in Spider-Man issue number seven. We're seeing $20 average sales for that book with a high CGC 9.8 of 175 from last week. Low respect this year has been a lot of Marvel new characters. We talked about Hollow's Eve, Jackpot, Helverine, and now we're talking about Spider-Boy, who debuted his first solo series this week, causing an uptick in copies sold of 105%. There have been an additional 150 9.8s added to the census since we last chatted about this book, which is why this could have been had for under $100 at certain times of this year, now seeing it creep back up to the heights tells me you may want to be a little bit patient. Try to get it for a lower amount. And no, if you're specking, it seems pretty low risk. And if it turns out Spider-Boy is your jam and you really liked that new series, we do have an exclusive variant for Spider-Boy number one in this month's mystery mail call. At this point, you've probably got about a week left to sign up. We got Tyler Kirkham to do a Spider-Boy number one variant. Trade dress going out one per box, first solo series, and accompanying that one per box is a reprint of the classic Swamp Thing number one. We're talking Bernie Wrights and goodness with a Lieber Mayo trade dress cover. Link in the description. Join the community. We'll send you comics every single month. We also have a try us out one-time purchase option for the first time. We just started doing it. We're probably going to keep it going. And international is officially open. So if you're in the UK, we got you covered. Speaking of foreign books, we actually had a high sale coming right out of Canada. Number three on the list, Daredevil number 270. We are seeing $30 average sales, and we saw a $281 CGC 9.8 sale from Canada on the 26th of October. But the day before, we actually had a U.S. sale for $225. A 200% increase in copies sold for the first appearance of Blackheart, Mephisto's son, who's going to be possibly in the upcoming Ironheart show that was supposed to be out in the fall of this year, like right now. Like, it's supposed to be on Disney+. Plus. You should be able to watch it, but they've delayed it indefinitely. That was pretty good. That was a lot of info you just dumped all over us. Yeah, uh, Ironheart was supposed to be out in fall of this year, and I don't even know. We might even be technically past fall at this point. I don't know, but there's no Ironheart anywhere to be seen. It has been delayed because of the strikes, but... 
we did get a confirmation in recent weeks of Sasha Baron Cohen officially confirmed to be in Ironheart. He is cast, however, as Mystery Man. We're not talking about the Blue Raja, my friend. No, we're talking about Spec that I thought was confirmed like a year ago. Are they going to pull a Batgirl on us and just cancel this whole thing? I hope not, because they finished filming Ironheart a long time ago, and Tom brings up the Batgirl comparison because DC just scrapped Batgirl after it was completely done and ready to launch. So hopefully we get to see Ironheart. I really want to see Sasha Baron Cohen in the MCU in any capacity, and whatever that takes, I just want to see. Have you liked the video yet? We need your support. And at the list at number two, we got some Sam Keith goodness to discuss the max number one yo love this comic book and you can get it anywhere three dollar average sales nine eights are hitting 119 dollars. this is a book that is not easy to acquire in high grade you can't okay it is easy to acquire in high grade but you have to be diligent i'm gonna disagree entirely with that tom i think there are thousands and thousands of copies out here that 90s kids have been hoarding forever and 90s kids this is your day the book is finally on the list it is awesome to see 119 dollars for cdc 9.8 the one you really want is the newsstand $550 for a 9.8 newsstand but come on the max that sam keith goodness all of you guys who grew up in my era remember MTV's oddities, and there was the animated series with the Max on it. We have always wanted more Max to happen, and that's why the people who are diehard Max fans have been following Sam Keith and been buying this book since 1993. Is it going to finally turn into something? Channing Tatum, we knew back in 2019, the production company was going to be trying to bring this to live action. This is before the pandemic. Hadn't heard anything since then until rumors started circulating this week that not only was this actively being developed, but that Channing Tatum would lead the role. Tom did mention earlier that this project, the Max movie with Channing Tatum, got the ball rolling on that back in 2019. But since then, we have had a pandemic. We have had two separate strikes happening. And there's been a lot of chatter about Channing Tatum going into Deadpool 3 as Gambit, finally, after all these years. So now, are we going to see the Max? Are we going to see Gambit? People want Channing Tatum, man. Give us Channing. Oh, my gosh. You just, like, really completed the spec for me because you said Channing Tatum, Max, but then over here you have Gambit, X-Men, Deadpool 3, Taylor Swift. Hit the like and subscribe. At the list at number one, the number one most trending book in the world. And we can't, like, tell you why. Right? Like, let's I not, love this. We can't spoil it. This is great because this is one of those things that if you guys are going to eventually watch a television show that we're going to spoil, we can be a little bit conservative about that. This thing? Nope. I'm not going to talk about it. As it pertains to, like, MCU shows and movies, it typically takes a couple weeks for comic books to, like, pick up before we're talking about them. So we can go, like, light spoilers and we don't typically ruffle any feathers. But as it pertains to, like, new comics coming out, we tend to be very choosy about what we talk about because we don't always have to give away the big reveal in the week, even if it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to read a comic book and you're not watching this video till the Sunday after release. But this book on the list is spiking because of the video game that was released this past week, Spider-Man 2, and... Yeah, that's going to take you a little bit longer than 20 minutes to play. We're talking about Venom Lethal Protector number four from 1993. Again, this is yet another one of these early 90s nostalgia cycle books that are just making the list again. This has the first appearance of a bunch of different symbiotes in it. And if you are familiar with the Spider-Man 2 video game, you know that Venom is a character in there, that Peter Parker has the black symbiote suit. 
I don't know how much more I want to say than that when it comes to why this book is number one on the list. We have cameo appearances of the lineage of Venom. We have Riot, Phage, Lasher, Agony, and the first appearance of Scream. An increase of copies sold to 475% on a book that's hitting $15 average sales, 80 for a 9.8. This book almost hit $400 when the Venom movie was all hype. Well, the spec is down, but I also want to point to this being a very unique situation. I don't think in five years we've ever talked about a book spiking because of a video game reveal. Not like, oh, the game's coming and people are buying symbiote stuff. No, this is a non-cinema spec. It's non-comic book spec. It is video game spec, and I think that's pretty damn cool. Comic fam, if you've had these comics in your collection since the early 1990s, thank your mom for not throwing them out. And as always, geek responsibly. Enough said.